This is the Emerging Women Podcast, where we become inspired to live and lead from the truth of who we are. We're creating a new paradigm for power that includes the feminine perspective because the world needs it. Hello and welcome, Emerging Women, to a hot presentation of Getting Over the I Got It Syndrome with Elaine Fluker. It's my pleasure to be sitting here today with such a wonderfully energetic, vibrant, and luminous being who is also extremely practical. And I just love how she channels her radiance in ways that allows us to seemingly exponentially get more done, but with the support and the rejuvenation and the nourishment that we need without losing out on our juice. She embodies this, and I will say a few words about Elaine. She had two decades of work in the media business before she started her current business, which is Chic Rebellion. Did I say that right, Elaine? So you I want to say chick, but it's I know. chic, it's right? Chic. Everyone wants to say chick is chic. Uh, <laughs> but it is, it's chic. I mean, it is chic rebellion and chic. You are chic. I keep trying to explain. And I think once you start talking, um, people are going to, to get what they mean um, in terms of your grace. And so I'm excited to, to dig into that. She also has a podcast, which she's interviewed over 500 diverse women entrepreneurs. And the podcast is fabulous. I was also a guest and it was super fun, by the way, that interview. And it's called Support is Sexy. And that is what I'm talking about here. It's sexy. She makes it sexy to get the support you need to do the things that you want to do because we all have big dreams. The new book, I actually think this is a perennial, especially for women entrepreneurs, especially if you're a new entrepreneur, to have this just on your bookshelf. It's a great open it. You'll always find wisdom. You'll find a practice that you need, but it also has a lot of depth. Get over I got it. How to stop playing superwoman. Get support and remember that having it all doesn't mean doing it all alone. It is my pleasure to welcome Elaine Fluker. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I have my arms up in the air. That's how excited I am. No one can see me, but I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that is your gift. You seem to really accomplish a lot. You have just a history of a, a very you know, successful career. Then you became an entrepreneur and now you're supporting women, but you're also, you know, doing a lot and getting a lot done. And yet every time I speak with you and we, and we've worked a lot actually over the mm -hmm. last couple of years now, um, yes. you are resourced, you're calm, you're graceful, you're to the point we can meander. I mean, really, I just, I don't know where it's coming from, except that you're living what your work is. So maybe we could start hearing a little bit about your story and how you came to this, this work. 
Yes. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. I, I just hope you know how much I appreciate you. And from the very beginning, when Chantal and I talked, it was just like, what can we do for each other? How can we support each other? It just was that kind of, that kind of relationship. So I just appreciate the past, yeah, over a year now, you and I have been, been in this work um, together. So I appreciate you and your example of how you show up uh, for others and have how you showed up for me for sure. You know, I will say one of the things that I've realized recently since writing this book, is really how I am in the very much, I would say, blessed place where, and I think you and I talked about this, um, where I feel like my work is aligning more and more with who I am as a person. And that doesn't always happen. And that doesn't necessarily happen for everyone. But for me, it allows me to, as you said, show up in such a joyful way or for me to be excited about doing the work. And I mean, even sometimes not wanting to end the day because I'm excited about what I'm doing, not all the time, but most of the time I'm enjoying what I'm doing and, and more so, or as important, I would say, I'm enjoying for whom I'm doing this work, especially for women, women who are making their own dent in the universe, having their impact, whatever that looks like, whether that's starting a company, whether that's changing a career, whether that's reinventing, whatever that looks like, I am so excited that I get to do this work for women who are the people I care about most in this world and who I know will have such an impact, continue to have such an impact in this world. So I would say overall, that's just the space that I'm in right now and what I'm most excited about now. Um, from the beginning, I've always been a writer. I didn't know that was a thing though, Chantal. I didn't know you could be a, I didn't know that was a job. Did not know that was a thing, <laughs> but I literally realized and talking about this recently, I was like, I actually, it was soothing for me, I guess, sort of like coloring for some kids or you know, sucking on your thumb or whatever. For me, the pen on the paper was actually soothing for me, all my scribbles and those kinds of things. So that's been in me for a long time. So just the, well, I would say the culmination, but more so the start, because this is my first book, just seeing that now in a book and those ideas about support and uh, really making women or inviting women to think about support differently. It all just feels really good right now. So you, you caught me on a good day. Well, you know what? I just want to pause here. I want to pause and celebrate this amazing book. I was telling Elaine before we jumped on the podcast, I'm like, it's so well written. And she's I got a cry. It's true. And she's got a distinctive voice and it creates intimacy. And around a topic of asking and getting the support we need when we've been taught over and over that we have to say, I got this, or we won't get the clients that we want, or mm -hmm. we won't get the followership that we want because people want to follow people who freaking have it, right? right. Mm -hmm. But what if what you have is, is a yearning for intimacy and a yearning to be successful in community with others? That's what is coming through the pages here. And I think it's rewriting our version of success. And that's what I was most excited about. It gave me personal permission in a very intimate way to reach for success in a way that felt connected. Awesome. Thank you so much. That's exactly the intention. You got it. So tell me about you and um, a little bit more so that our audience can hear how mm -hmm. how you came to this, because I, I just get the sense that um, this might have been a learning for you personally. It definitely <laughs> And you was. have this phrase I love called retire your cape. So yes. did, did this happen? Did you have to retire your cape? And what what led you to that? 
I did. You know, I attended a workshop in uh, 2015 called Momentum and a personal, I guess you could call it sort of a personal development workshop over a series of months uh, starting in 2015. And it was during, I went to, to that workshop, I should say, because it was shortly after I left my full-time career in media. I was at Martha Stewart living at the time. I'd worked in media for 20 plus years, had a great career, really enjoyed it. Nothing was wrong with my job, which is usually when it's hardest to leave, right? But when you just feel called to do something else, and entrepreneurship had been calling me for many years. And I finally decided to take that leap in 2014 without a plan, which I don't advise, but without a real plan. Uh, but I did take that leap and I was talking to some friends and just saying how I was having this feeling of like, what, what the heck am I doing? What did I do? What's going on? I don't understand. I just was sort of searching in that place where you're definitely transitioning somehow or, or moving into a next chapter, but it's kind of weird to be in that uncertain uh, place. I don't know if weird is the word, but that's what it felt like for me at the time. So in any case, they suggested this workshop to me, Momentum. I didn't know what it was about. I went to the first session, the introductory session. I loved it. It seemed like something I needed at the time. And it was during my experience in Momentum, and it's again, several months over time, that I realized that I had such an adverse reaction to the idea of accepting support. Never mind asking for it. It's even if support showed up without me asking, I didn't know how to accept it. And it was because I saw that um, fear within the other people who were in the group with me. And these are people who, you know, we're all New Yorkers and go-getters and hustlers and, you know, politicians, actresses, writers, all these really successful or movers and shakers. And the two hardest things actually that were hardest for us to ask for were love and support. And when I say hard, I mean, boohoo crying, you know, don't make me do it. I don't want to do it. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize that I have such a strong reaction or, or the moments that I'm not asking for support for myself. So after the work, you know how you go to these conferences and things, Chantal, everybody's all hyped up and motivated. Mm -hmm. Then you go home and go back to your same raggedy ways. Well, I didn't want to go back to my same raggedy ways of not asking for support. So I started saying this sort of mantra or saying to myself, support is sexy. No, support is sexy. Support is sexy. And I could see when I said it to other women, especially women entrepreneurs or women who were trying to figure out whatever, you know, life keeps lifing. So trying to figure out life. And I would say, no, support is sexy. Don't forget, girl, support is sexy. They would just light up. And I was like, wow, that's really, it's helping me, but I could see it's resonating with women in such a unique way. And then, you know, mm -hmm. it's all starts as a hashtag. And then I went on Instagram to see if it was available on Instagram, supported sexy, had no idea what it was going to be. I just started posting positive quotes and things from women that I admired, women entrepreneurs, because I was in that space of trying to figure out my business, needing support and having to learn how to ask. Mm -hmm. That evolved into the podcast, which you were a guest on, uh, what, after that was 2015, 2016, I launched a podcast, Supported Sexy, Interviewing Women Entrepreneurs. And then after conversations with, um, over, well, at this point, over 500 women, but even early on, after several conversations with women about their entrepreneurial journeys, but really I asked them how support played an important role in their success and in what they learned as entrepreneurs, I started to hear the same story. People just sort of saying, I got it. It was a part where I used to get it. I used to try to get it myself, whatever version of, I call it, I got it syndrome, right? Mm -hmm. As ambitious women, it's what we say it's like a trigger. We don't even think about it. Hey, you need some mm -hmm. help with, no, 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 I got it. I got mm -hmm. it. Everything oh. from someone carrying your groceries to, you know, oh. helping you with a big project to whatever it is. So I started hearing that over and over again. And then that evolved into the book that we have today. So that's sort of the history of where that came from my own personal struggle. And I will tell you, and I talk about this in the book, as you probably know, when I was younger, even I realized from 
well, I realized from therapy later on, but I realized that when I was younger, the way I observed my parents who were givers still to this day, givers, 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 people in our family, they were the people in our family where people always came to when there were some problems, you know, somebody's mm-hmm. addicted, somebody's being abused, someone, all these other, again, life mm-hmm. things. My house was the place where people would come to, which is beautiful. You know, I see my parents supporting and showing up, but I realized later that caused me to associate support with crisis, right? Support. It means you're someone who's in need or you're weak or in this, of course, this is not true, but as a child. This is so deep, Elaine. It's that's how I didn't realize that till later because I had so much chaos in our and I mean, again, no, nothing terrible happened in my house. Now, as an adult, I understand it's a beautiful thing. But I was I was the youngest and I was almost like an only child. My sister's 17 years older. So my parents would treated me sort of like a little adult. And they always say that maybe we shouldn't have treated you that way. But they would say to me, look, you know, your brother's on drugs. We don't know where he is right now. So your nephews are going to come live here with us. They would tell me what was going on. Of course, I'd be like, okay, because they wanted me to know and all of that was good. It wasn't, they didn't do anything wrong. But for me, I realized later, oh, I've associated when you need support, you're in crisis or you need somebody mm-hmm. to help you, you know? So mm-hmm. that was my, that was my thing. We all have our things. We've all got our stuff. Right. But that's what I realized, Chantal. And I had, so I had to unlearn that behavior or unlearn that thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, what's so powerful about that is that and this is what I appreciate just in being with you that, that you, it's like sort of like a support 401k plan. You <laughs> always, you always seem to ask, even when we're just like chatting, all right, how can I support you? How can you support me? So it's ongoing. And I mm-hmm. noticed that about you because you are not waiting to give or ask for support until there's a crisis. That's what's cool about this approach. It's like, you're just like invest now in Mm -hmm. building your foundation for support and get into, it's a habit that you've created that doesn't, you know, you don't want to wait until there's a crisis. And also that's a burden in a way on the people that you're asking because you're putting time pressure, you're adding that energy of you know, uh, extreme need or, and not that there aren't times when that has to happen, right? But if you do your homework and you build the practices and you do the practices in the book, and then you're just creating that habit of both asking and giving support and you don't have that crisis. Am I on the right track? Is that you're on the right track? And you actually, I will say you're definitely on the right track. And I will say ask learning how to ask for support or being in that space. That's what I kind of say, right? Being in that space of support. So like you said, it's a cycle, you're giving it, you're receiving it. So it's not just give, 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 which we most of us probably don't have a problem doing all of your the women uh, in your community, give, 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 no problem. Receiving is sometimes a hard part for us. So just making that like you said, learning that new habit, and it becomes a part of just your life. It's how you live your life. It's a new walk in the way you live your life. And you'd be so surprised. I mean, I have so many examples, even recent examples of just, wow, that was an example of me being in that space of support, being open to support. So I'll give you a quick one. I was stressed the heck out. I don't know if I can cuss, stressed the heck out a couple (laughs) of weeks ago, thinking about this book and just getting caught up in the way we do, right? What everybody else is doing and how should I do my book reveal and all this other stuff that doesn't 
really, really, really matter. I mean, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but really, really, really matter. And I was starting, Chantal, I was starting to spiral. Like I could feel it getting caught oh. up in, oh my God, you know, how you're just like, wait yeah. a minute, wait a minute. And my, um, a couple of people, I happened to talk to my book publicist, Dawn Michelle Hardy, who's amazing. And she was like, you did this to yourself, this writing this book thing, right? She's like, this is not something someone made you do. Don't miss out on the joy of this moment. And I was like, ooh. She's like, be in, remember what your intention was with writing this book. Yeah, okay, great. We want it to sell. We want it to do well. Not saying that's the, but she's like, don't get all caught up and wrapped. I was making it basically a miserable experience for myself. Now, all of that came up just because we were talking about strategy and some other things. And I was open enough to say to her, you know, I'm really feeling like I'm spiraling. I can't remember the language I use, but basically I said what I just told you. And that moment of support, it was everything for me. She gave me so many tips, in fact, that I ended up writing an article about it on LinkedIn just about the importance of whatever you're working on. Don't get caught up in the anxiety. I call my anxiety Agnes. She acts up sometimes. <laughs> Her name is Agnes. Agnes be acting up sometimes. So I talked about Agnes and the anxiety and then the way to remember what your intention is. But that none of that would have come if I wasn't open enough to say, you know, if I just pretended like, all right, girl, tell me what to do. This is going to be the strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's move on. I was like, listen, here's what's going on with me. And that just opened up this whole opportunity. So now I've completely shifted and I'm focused on the joy. What are the joyful things about this book? Talking to people like you, sharing the message, hearing your feedback. I mean, you saw me earlier. I'm like, don't make me cry. Cause just because you said the writing was good. I'm like, ah, done. I won, you know? So it's um, really in the, when you're in that space and you're able to be able to be vulnerable with people that, you know, will genuinely care about you. Obviously you want to be in a psychologically safe space, but you just get in the habit of being open and it comes to you many fold. And as I said, I have so many examples of that. Hello, lovely listeners. I want to pause for a moment here to make sure that you know how you can get even more access to this type of inspiration and support. Emerging Women has its own membership community where you get teachings from incredible female leaders and coaching support directly from me, as well as other brilliant members within the Emerging Women tribe every month. If you are ready to go deeper into your own leadership and emerging journey, head over to emergingwomen.com for a free trial of our membership community. We've truly designed it as a hub for women like you who want to create change in the world. Don't go it alone, sisters. Head over to emergingwomen.com forward slash membership and start your free trial today. Now, let's get back to our conversation. I would like to just read a section of your book here um, because it's just popping out. Trust me, give yourself the gift of falling back and taking some time to reflect. Assess what season you're in and be open to what is set to bloom without you having to force it or make it happen. You may discover that some of the things that you felt were matters of life and death, if you didn't take them on, aren't even that important to you after all. So... I think that your approach of not forcing it or making it happen with regards to this book is that's gold. Yeah. And think about the moments of, of in your life or everyone know, that'll be listening to this or hearing this, the moments in your life where no, let's not look back and regret anything, right? Let's think, look, moving forward, think about moments in your life where things will come up where you could end up getting so, so wrapped up in 
the anxiety about how it's going to do or how it's going to perform or if people are going to like it or literally, you know, like it on social media or like it in person or however it's out in the world. Remember to go back to what was your intention of creating this thing? What was what's the intention of how you want to reach people with whatever this is, whether it's, you know, a book, something in the public space or in the private space. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to create a, you know, an event for your family or moment for your family, don't get too wrapped up in, you know, the decorations aren't just perfect. And it's easy for us to get distracted by those things. I still do it. But having people in my circle and being able to open up and say, I need some support here helps me get refocused. We need to just reel it back as you said, fall back, as we talk mm -hmm. about in this particular chapter, just fall back and be like, okay, where's the joy in this? Where can I, I think especially, oh my gosh, now in this world we live in today, mm -hmm. who, if you're not intentional about your joy now, I don't know mm -hmm. when. Mm -hmm. So falling back and taking care of yourself and having, and it takes, I mean, as women, ambitious women, I say this book is for unapologetically ambitious women. Falling back is not our area of expertise. We, as Cheryl says, lean in. But we are going to encourage you sometimes to lean out, to fall back, mm -hmm. and to know that the right people will be there to catch you. Mm -hmm. It's such a beautiful section of the book. I so appreciate it. Let's move into asking. And that we sort of touched on this a little bit in the allowing. But let's let's keep dancing with allowing. But let's get really specific around asking for support. And you've, mm -hmm. you've got some exercises and approaches. And you've even given me some tips that I've created habits out of. So maybe we could talk about the asking, the art of asking. <laughs> yes. Well, one of the things I know I love to share about the idea of asking for support, whether you use this as a reminder to ask, so to think to yourself, let me remember this, or how you think of to structure the ask when you're thinking about it. So first I use the word help as an acronym, H-E-L-P. The H is having it all doesn't mean doing it all alone, right? So first of all, your all is how you define it. That, that's a whole other conversation. Can we really have it all? And I talk about that in the book. You mm -hmm. get to define what your all is. The thing is, know that it doesn't have to be done only by you, just by you, so that you can prove to everyone else, I have it all because I did it all by myself. That's not what we're doing here. Having it all doesn't mean doing it all alone. The E is to have empowering questions. Ask empowering questions. Don't ask questions like, why am I so stupid? Why isn't my company as big as emerging women right now? Why am I not speaking at this event? Why haven't they called? You know, we can get into, we can ask plenty of questions, mm -hmm. but are those empowering questions as opposed to what are some ways that I could be able to work with emerging women that I haven't thought about? I wonder if I can meet someone who's doing, who's at such and such company for me to speak there. Let me figure out, I wonder if there's, you know, just being in a space, as I said, of joy, of also of wonder and mm -hmm. opening yourself up so that the questions aren't accusing you, they're helping you be more curious. The L is to let go of the how and live that question. So live the question is something that came from a woman that I love dearly, Patricia Moreno, who is the founder of Intensati, the workout Intensati and just the transformational lifestyle, really. She mm -hmm. was episode 26 of the podcast. I have no favorites. Yours was a favorite too, Chantal. <laughs> I, love I love everybody. But I just say her, that phrase for me, when she said it, it really changed my life, honestly. Live the question. Being able to ask the question and not need the answer right away, if ever, right? Again, it's hard for us 
It's unapologetically. That's how we get paid. That's how we get hired. I'm literally slapping my hand. We get paid. We get hired. We are the moms with the kids come to us because we have the answers. So this is really the L letting go of how whatever is going to happen, how it's going to come to you and living the question. So if I ask the question, for example, this is a question I'm literally asking right now. Okay, I want to have a family. I'm a single woman right now in my 40s and I'm thinking about family. I froze my eggs when I was 39. Thank you, God, for that. What does that look like? I wonder what family looks like for me right now. That's it. That's all I got. I have Mm -hmm. no answers, right? I know that the circumstances or the things that I have done, this isn't to say ask it and don't take any action, but I don't know the exact answer. That's not something I can answer, at least not right away, but I am courageously living that question. And I will tell you, I was living that question. I still am. And I was thinking, gosh, how? what's the process like? How do you even start to think about, you know, is it surrogate? Is it, there's just tons of ways, right? There's tons of ways Mm -hmm. now. Thank you, God. Thank you, science. Mm. And someone happened to ask me to be on a panel on Clubhouse about uh, Black women who frozen their eggs because it's still not a big thing in our community. So I said, oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be on there. So we're all talking on Clubhouse. All these other women are in the audience, as they call it. One woman comes up. She wasn't on the panel. Her name is Ama Gordon. And she has an agency that takes you through the entire process of having your child, whether you go through a surrogate, whether you go through, can you believe the, I, I mean, love it. she can you, but I was just like, and everyone was laughing. I mean, saying they were laughing on Clubhouse. I was like, wait, 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 what is your website? I'm making an appointment with you. Too. <laughs> I was like, all this talk is great. Yep. Give me the, can you believe global believe fertility it. connections? Isn't, but I'm telling you, it was literally within days of me asking, living yeah. that question. And I'm and working letting with her now. go of the how because God how does the how hold us back, right? Right. You could never. And I always tell women, if you knew the how, you would have done it already. So you don't know, and it's okay, right? That you know, everyone's like, how how you don't know, you don't know, I don't know, but it will happen if you just live the question. So living the question too also opens you up. So when the answer does show up, you know, if I wasn't in that space, I might have totally missed that. Oh, you know what? She has an agency that does exactly what you're looking for. And Mm -hmm. she and I have worked together now for months on this process. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you just never know how it's going to come. But that's the L, like go of the how and live the question. And the P is believe in the possibilities. Believe that I can have a family. It's got, I don't, I'll let I'll keep you posted, right? You might be a godmother, Chantal. Who knows soon? Might be an auntie, right? You know, who knows? (laughs) But I'm just believing in the possibilities or meet someone. I might meet someone who already has a family, but you got to believe. So you can't go through all these other things of, Knowing having it all doesn't mean doing it all alone, asking empowering questions, letting go of the how and living the question, but then believe it's not going to happen or those kind of things don't happen for you. Mm-hmm. Hey, have a possibility mindset, right? Have a mm-hmm. possibility mindset. So that's what the P is. Yes. And I, I want to come back to that. I want to end with that because I definitely feel like you could just do the H, the E, the L, and then cap yourself on the possibilities. Right. So I, I want to hear more about that. But before we go into that, so the asking using this system of help, I think is really important. And what about for, um, how often do you ask for help? And in what situations do you ask for help? What's some of the help as an entrepreneur um, that has come to you that you feel like, look, if, if you're out there right now and you feel like you're drowning, do at least these things, you know, ask empowering questions, but you also, you seem to, I don't know, you weave it in somehow. Mm. 
Yes, those, that's an awesome question. If you're an entrepreneur, what do you, well, first, I think um, a couple of things. I think going back to what we talked about a little bit earlier, your intention. So whatever business, service, product you're creating, what is the intention? Who's the person that you really want to serve with what you're doing? So not even, I mean, in other terms, it's target audience and all those other technical terms. But I think for most of us as women, we're thinking, who am I trying to serve? You're either trying to help someone do something better, do something differently, right? Change something. Who are you trying to serve? Who's the ideal people? Then actually, and something I mentioned in the book is doing your, what I call your support is sexy list. So it's the name of the podcast. As I said, it's the name of the mantra. Get out a piece of paper, or if you need to do it on your phone, fine. But I always mention, I like pen to paper, a piece of paper and write down 10 people, resources, organizations that you can reach out to that might help you get that product, service, whatever it is in front of your audience or the people that you really want to serve. Now, this list doesn't have to be 10 people that you already know, because again, then you're thinking about how. So if I sit and I'm just like, I mean, you could start with who you know, that's great. If you know 10 people, I just did this with a client actually recently, she's moving from um, individual clients to corporate and she's in the spirituality transformation kind of space. And I said, well, who 10 people you, she has hundreds of clients. You have to know 10 people at a corporation, right? And a lot of times we don't pause so again, ask ourselves the empowering question, who might be some people that I can reach out to? And if you push yourself and if you do an ex- this exercise with someone, it's even more effective, someone who knows you and your connections, writing that list is so powerful. Just knowing that you're getting started, you're getting, you're getting emotion. Who are the people, again, starting with the ones you know, and then even put people that you don't know, say you want to work with a certain company. Listen, I have been a fan of emerging women for years. Chantal did not know me. She didn't know me from a can of paint until Kelly. I'm telling you, I think I told you that when we first met, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, I want to talk to her. I'm obsessed. Yeah. (laughs) Kelly Matarez, who's wonderful. We both love her from KN Literary. Totally. Introduced us. I can't even remember why, but it was just obviously divine. But this is years later. And now we've talked and worked together in all kinds of ways and uh, collaborated many ways that who knew this was going to happen. But again, if I had emerging women on the list, like I want to, get to know someone in that company somehow, right? Just write it on the list. So as an entrepreneur, I think that's something that a lot of us don't do, especially when we're starting out. Think about who do you, who do you want to get this in front of, right? What What is your intention with this product, service, et cetera? Then writing down a list of not those ideal customers, that's great, but wh- who are the people who might be able to get you in front of those ideal customers? Sometimes I talk to folks when I'm telling them um, to share, you know, what you've done. I call it your receipts, right? Share what you've done, your work, et cetera. But if, you're, if I'm speaking to women who are still in college or just starting out or just making that transition into a business. It's like, oh, I don't have this. I don't have the big social media file. I don't have. Let's make a list of what you do have. Let's start there, right? What do you, and everyone, I mean, if you're over five years old, I mean, little kids have thousands of followers on Instagram. I don't understand it, but who knows? But if you're over five years old these days, you have connections, you know, someone, or you can write down the people that you want to get in touch with. I'm telling you, it will happen. So I think just taking some inventory of what you do have is so important for us instead of, it's starting from a place of abundance, essentially, right? As opposed to a place of lack or desperation or need. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of the tips, I I love that as you were, I'm already like making my list. Um, (laughs) One of the things that you told me early on when we had one of our first talks that struck me, you said um, you had already had some, uh, you, you were, you, you said, how can I support you? 
And I was like, wow, what? You know, um, I was surprised by the question. I wasn't prepared for it. And one of the things you told me was before you get on a call or you have a meeting, you have a little list of yep. maybe how you could offer support and questions, asks, sort like support that you wanted from that meeting or outcomes mm -hmm. or um, maybe you, I think you said it way more eloquently than yeah. I'm fumbling through it, but. No, absolutely. I, I, I call it out. This might be what you're mentioning, the five R's of making that empowered ask, right? So as you said, before I get on a call or a conversation, an interview or anything with, with someone, you know, you look at your calendar and see, oh, great, this is the next call that's coming up. What are my intentions? So for me today, it was to show up, be open, to share this message, of course, to connect with my friend, right? Make that connection, whatever that is. The support is already there. You're already giving it to me and sharing this message about the book. But a lot of times, whether we were, you know, at conferences back in the day when we used to go to in-person conferences or even virtually, a lot of us don't show up ready. So I talk about the five R's of an empowered ask, if I can share those. The first star is to be ready, show up with your intention. And I say, what is the one thing such that by doing it, everything else becomes easier or unnecessary. That's from the book, The One Thing by uh, Gary Keller and Jay Papasan, I think the authors, right? right? Mm -hmm. What is the one? So a lot of us don't think sometimes, you know, you meet someone and say, if I said to you, oh, what are some ways that I, you know, what's a way that I can support you? Or how can I support you? And you give me a list of 20 things. I'm probably going to be overwhelmed or I'm going to forget or what is the one thing right now that is important to you? So as we say, you've made this list of the people that you want to be in touch with. If you say, you know, I'm trying to move into the corporate space and I'm looking for people who have contacts in such and such and so-and-so, that could be your one ask. Now that person might not have the answer for that, but they might hear about it later. They might connect you to someone later. You just never know. Plus you're putting the, yeah. I say you're putting the universe on notice, right? Like, Hey, I'm looking for this. I'm asking people, I'm putting it out there. You just never, never know, but you have to be ready. So think when you show up, even if it's not something you're going to straight out ask that person, but when that person asks you, Sometimes we can't even articulate what we want in that moment or what our intention is or what we're working on. I think certainly as human being, human being, this is important, but especially if you're an entrepreneur, what are you working on? What are you doing right now? What do you, what, however you want to phrase it, promoting, serving, offering, have something in mind that you can share with that person. Even if you're not asking for something from them, you're just putting it out there. So the first R is to be ready. The second is the reason why is this important to you? And why will this be important to this other person? You need to enroll people in your vision. Just like I've enrolled you in this uh, vision, forget over, I got it, right? Whether it's the book or our earlier conversations, or even how, as you mentioned earlier, so, so kind of you, how I show up in the world. Like, this is literally what I'm about. I am about this support life, right? That is what wow. it is. So enrolling others in your vision. So it's important to share if someone doesn't know you, the reason. So I have a company where I create corporate, con I create content for thought leaders uh, and help them amplify their voice. So I have an agency like that. I want to really move into the corporate space so that I can help companies to uh, have better content around diversity and inclusion. That can enroll someone in their vision where they say in your vision where they think, oh, okay, there's a reason for it, right? So ready, you're going to show up ready and with your reason. The next is the receipts, which is something I mentioned a little earlier. What have you done or what are you doing or what is your value? 
sell receipts. Again, if you haven't. I love, I love, love, love this imagery of receipts and value. Receipts. Yes. Receipts, your value. What are you offering? Yeah. If I say, you know, again, I'm offering, you know, content. So many people want to get their content out right, right now. And they need to be able to do that with an authentic voice. So our agency provides an authentic voice, whatever it is for you. Mm-hmm. Also, if they're, say you're, again, just starting out, you might not have the receipts, even if you, I work with a lot of women who are transitioning from corporate or education or different fields and into entrepreneurship as their next chapter, I say. So they don't have anything in that certain field, a new field of entrepreneurship that they're going into. But what have you done in the past? All of that doesn't go away, right? And maybe all of it's not exactly relevant to this, but it still matters. Your experience matters. Or I also tell people, again, if, if for women, especially in college, who feel like, well, I'm not out of school yet and I don't have anything what do you think about what are you working on or what do you want to accomplish? What have you done so far to try to accomplish that thing? So I might say, Chantal, if I tell you about trying to have a family so far, I've frozen my eggs and I've done some research. I've been talking to this woman at this agency about it. This, I swear, this just happened during a conversation the other day. And I met, I told the story, I met this woman and she's great. She has this agency. The woman I was talking to, I had no idea that this was her experience. And she was like, oh my goodness, I have to tell you about my experience. I tried to adopt years ago. She's divorced, adopt years ago. And the adoption fell through in the last few weeks, tragic. But she was like, I, I'd love to share that story with you. We can talk about it more. I can give you some resources here here in Georgia. Who knew? Wow. Right. But that was the receipt. Yeah. I wasn't saying this is what I'm doing or this is what I need because I still don't know what I need, but this is what I've done. These are the receipts. So if Mm -hmm. you're working on a a project or something or say, again, I'm just thinking about corporate for some reason, I want to move into the corporate space. So far, I've reached out to these certain companies. So far, I've done this. Those are receipts too. What? And then it also helps people be able to see where they fit in or where they might be able to help. I might be able to say, oh, I have a contact that, you know, HP. I have a contact right. at this company. I have a con. Oh, I know someone there. Oh, my friend works there. You just never know. So mm-hmm. those are receipts also. I just don't want people to feel like, oh, receipts mean I have to have done this or that. No. What are you doing? Even if it's social media, I'm building my audience on Instagram, right? right? So the next R is the request. So after all this, you're ready. You got the reason, the receipts. Are you making the request? So as you said, when we first talked early on, it was certainly me saying, how can I support you? And then I believe if you asked me, it's like, oh, I'm working on a book or, oh, I'm doing this. Or if there's any way you can help me share this message, you have to be ready to make the ask. A lot of times we're just sitting, waiting or thinking that person should know what we want or we've implied it. No, no, no. We need you to make the direct ask. So if you have something that you need and that ask again can be framed in this is what I'm working on. So I'm looking for this. If you don't know if that person can give you, you know, directly what you need, but you have to make the ask. Don't just sit on it and wait for it to show up somehow. And then the last R is reciprocity. So that is why I am the person that always says, let me know how I can support you, whether it's now or sometime in the future. That is part of my process for sure. It's, again, the thing that brings me the most joy. It's just part of a habit. You can give without receiving something back, right? So I know even if I give to someone here and that person doesn't directly give me something back, it's going to come from somewhere else. So you want to be in that space of reciprocity. You're giving and you're receiving. So the five are is be ready, have your reason, your receipts, make the request, and show reciprocity. Mm, so good, so practical, <laughs> so putting into into practice right now. Yeah, that was the one. 
I think um, for some reason, that was over a year ago, every time now I'm getting on a call or a meeting, I always think about the possibility of what mm -hmm. could happen here in terms of mutual support. Whereas before it was just running from one thing to another and it right. really has changed what I get out of my community and what I can give to my community in a way that's practical and not just, I'm a very visionary person and I can get just caught in brainstorming and ideas. And, and what I love about this is it actually turns into action. Have you realized too, this, when you go into a conversation with intention, again, whoever, whether it's your friends or certainly with business as entrepreneurs, if you, even if it right away, it doesn't seem like, oh, I'm not going to get a chance to mention this thing to that person or whatever. If you have it in mind, somehow the conversation comes around and you find a way to mention whatever it is. I just, I just find that that happens if you go totally. into it with it's that. Just like yes, it's in you, it's there. And the next, you know, they right. ask you something and you're like, oh, blah, 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 blah. You know? <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's the same with living in the question. And it's yes. the same with letting go of the how, and you're really offering up a vibration yes. that somehow is being caught by life come, you know, whether it's kismet or more intentional, depending on where you are in that belief cycle, which I think it's all intentional and all, you know, meant to be. But if we don't articulate it and offer it up, whether it's verbally or just living in the question, then um, it's just less likely to happen. It's not that it won't happen, but that's this right. increases the chances. Yeah. Well, I would love to, there's so many things in this book that I want to explore and I wish we had more time, but I think I want to end on this, um, how you end in the book and you end on this concept of possibility mindset. And I've noticed even in myself, and I'm like a possibility you know, just beast. I, I really have been pushing and pushing into what I think is possible as much as possible. And yet I do find myself like, wow, I, I'm just amazed at how much I can cap my own sense of what's possible. And I, I'm always having to work to stretch it. What's your experience and, and particularly maybe with women or, you know, I know you also work with black women and mm -hmm. um, you have that, that specialty, which, you know, by the way, if you don't know this, black women have been starting businesses at a rate you know, they're the fastest segment of new entrepreneurs. And it's amazing what's happening with black women entrepreneurs, um, both in terms of starting and now just slightly getting more funding, which is wonderful. But um, the possibility there is, is amazing. So what's your take on possibility? How do you see it playing out with women, women of color? And what's the upside when we push that edge for ourselves? Yes, I think most of the great, if not all of the great movements uh, in our country, in the US and in the world were based on possibility, right? So it's not even this idea of being idealistic, but, you know, the right for women to vote was because someone believed in that possibility or the right for African-Americans or black people in the country to be able to vote believed in the possibility. And all of these magical things we might say are magical really started with a belief in the possibility against what was probable, as Dr. Serini Pillay says, I love that he talks about not thinking of what's probable, thinking about what's possible. Because if we think about what's probable, it's not going to make sense to us. That's almost like thinking about the how, right? Mm -hmm. How am I going to do mm -hmm. this? This isn't probable. In fact, he says, and I quote him in the book, he's a, a psychiatrist who used to teach at Harvard. He says, an exceptional life is a life of low probability. 
right? Mm. So an exceptional life is a life of low probability. If we mm -hmm. get caught in just what's probable, we don't believe in the possibilities. And that is why it was so important to me to make that part of that help model. The possibilities just open you up. Believing in the possibility just opens you up to think, to not even think about is this going to come to me? How is this going to come to me? It just puts you in a space. I'll be honest, for me, it gives me a sense of peace knowing that more is possible or better is possible. I mean, I will tell you as a Black woman, in um, again, in the world we live in today, it can be traumatic to constantly see on these uh, video loops people who look like me or people of color or just all these other things that are terrible things that are happening to people at the hands of whether it's law enforcement or something else is going on. It's just, it feels like so much. I still believe in the possibility. I believe in the possibility of the people of the United States of America. I believe in the possibility of people of the world. I mean, think about the, in 2020, after the murder of George Floyd, there was a global movement. I'd never seen, none of us, most of us had never seen anything like that. A global movement during a pandemic of people coming together to say that Black Lives Matter. Mm. And just even, or even you look at now, just the way that Congress just passed a law to stop anti-Asian hatred and hate crimes in this country. You know, it's just, but that's because someone believed in that possibility. So not even, I know I'm talking about some political things, but just in your own life, what are the ways that you might be stopping yourself because you're thinking about what's probable as opposed to what's possible? And that is what it means to adopt that possibility mindset. It's not magical thinking, but it does create, I think it makes you more open to the magic that is out there and available to you. Exactly. And I found like in myself, just to bring it back to the support, sometimes I would think of things like, wow, this would be really great. Oh, but it's exhausting just to think about me doing that. I get exhausted because I have this overlay of I'm going to have to do it myself or it's mm. going to be hard and it's going to be a lot of work. And this sort of equation of success means toil. That's the word, <laughs> you know, toil, but it doesn't have to be. And I think that step one for women, especially is to imagine a level of impact and success that we can have that, that is resourced. And I'll go back mm -hmm. to that word juicy and filled with grace and ease and joy. It does not have to equal toil and hardship and time away from the family and drain being drained and right. One of the sayings that I love, um, I believe it was from the first I heard first person I heard say it was Tim Ferriss on his podcast. What would this look like if it were easy? Mm. Right. So even as a visionary, I know you are, I am too. We can dream the world. A possibility ain't our problem. We could believe, believe, believe. And then it's like, okay, bring it down. What would this look like if it were easy? For most of us, it would look like getting some help, right? Then starting yep. with, as we talked about earlier, going back to that question, who's someone I can reach out to who has done this before? Maybe it's not so, you know, who, you might know someone in your circle that's done whatever that is, or someone is doing whatever it is, or a company that you want to look at, or an organization, just getting into then the practical, the question. So, believing in the possibility, then what would this look like if it were easy? And then as I say in the book, I believe that support is what will help you close the gap between your reality and your possibility. Support mm -hmm. is what brings those two things together, right? We can't just go on what we see. You can't just go on current circumstance, or you can, but you shouldn't. You can go on certain 
uh, current circumstances or what the obstacles are right now, support can close the gap between your reality and your possibility. Mm. Support is what can close the gap between your reality and your possibility. I'm seeing a little Instagram quote card, which you've probably already done on that one. <laughs> I have not. I have not. <laughs> well, you know, we might do that. Um, yes, it <laughs> that is. is wonderful. I just so appreciate this conversation. And I, I just hope that, um, well, I mean, we're already working together. So I know this will be ongoing. Yes. But I know that I just need these reminders over and over and over again to uh, solidify this habit of reaching for support. So thank you so much, Elaine. I just thank so appreciate you. your time. And um, we will have all of the links in the show notes to the juicy book. Um, and yeah, celebration. It's such uh, a work, uh, a, a piece of, what, what do I want to say? This is, I mean, I'm sure you're going to be writing many more books after this, but Anytime somebody writes a book, I want to celebrate it because it is, it's in a way it's channeled material, right? You're in communication mm -hmm. with spirit when you're writing. It's an intimate process. You're bringing ideas that are floating and you're making them concrete and you're, it's a, it's a form of innovation and creation. So kudos to you for this, for this life's work here. Coming Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you so much. This has been amazing. Wonderful. And we will see you on our next episode. Take care. <laughs>